Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Welcome to episode 104 of the Observer's Notebook podcast, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the organization. Thank you for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomenon and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, The Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, also known as The Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you, yes, you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash Observer's Notebook. If you'd like to join the Alpo, you can for as little as $18 a year. More information, go to www.alpo-astronomy.org. And yes, we're also on the Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And this podcast also has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. And if you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, please, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. And now, episode 104 with Bob Lunsford, and we're talking meteors. Hope you enjoy it. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook podcast. Uh, we have a special return guest. I don't know, this is probably a 50th time back on the podcast. <laughs> uh, we got Bob, Lunts, Bob Lunsford, and we're going to talk meteor showers. How are you doing, Bob? Just fine. Uh, yeah, we have a few meteor showers occurring in October, and the best of these is the Orionids. Great. And the special significance of the Orionids is their particles fed by Halley's Comet. Oh, my. So uh, if you were born too late to see the comet or missed it last time around, you can see little uh, bits of gas and dust that were produced by it uh, right now. And they'll probably be brighter than what Howdy's Comet was last time, right? <laughs> probably so. <laughs> yeah, that was a little dis- disappointment. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So when does this occur? Actually, it's going on right now, but the rates currently are only one or two per hour, so uh, nothing to get too excited about. But uh, the peak will occur on October 21st, and at that time, the rates can be anywhere from 10 to 20 an hour, depending exactly where you're located. Now, back in uh, the period 2005 to 2007, we were spoiled. Uh, the Orionids were strong as the Perseids, and uh, I made several trips out to the Mojave Desert, and they uh, they were peaking at 75 an hour. Uh, 
Wow. Which was, which was fantastic. I think I remember that. I think I, I was observing them back then, yeah. And there was a lot of fireballs with them, too. So it was doubly exciting. But uh, since then, uh, they've kind of quieted down to their normal 15 to 20 per hour at max. And uh, some folks think there's a 12-hour, 12-hour, 12-year periodicity. (laughs) And think they should be coming back, but uh, that should have happened by now. And uh, what would cause uh, that? Uh, every, every 12 years, uh, Jupiter kind of gets close to the, uh, the path and bumps a few here and there. And ah. if, it bump, if it bumps it closest to closer to us, we'll see an increase. And if it bumps it away, we'll see a decrease. Interesting. So, so um, they, they, they formulate that that's a possibility with the Orionids, but, uh, it, uh, it's been more than 12 years since the last really good display. So uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed for, for 2020. Okay. Uh, a good thing about this year, the moon will be near its first quarter phase. Oh, great. Which means it sets midnight-ish or 1 a.m. Uh, you know, daylight time. So it'll be out of the way by the time the radiant is high enough to produce some, some good meteors. So that's, uh, that's always good. So it won't have any moon to contend with. Okay. The, uh, at that time, Orion r- rises uh, about 10 p.m. So the moon will be low in the west at the time. So that probably would not be the best time to view. But uh, at least wait till, till the moon sets. The, the best time of night to see the Orionids is probably around 4 when it's uh, highest in the sky. Okay. So uh, you want to... You want to get it up there as high as you can so you can see meteors shooting in all directions. What part of Orion do they radiate from? Well, right now they're very close to the club of Orion, which is, okay. you know, five degrees north of Betelgeuse. Okay. But uh, to be <laughs> to be honest, on October 21st, it'll actually have crossed into Gemini. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh you know, we, we were the ones that set the boundaries. Uh, but what, back when this was named, you know, they, they weren't so strict. So, you know, it's right next to the club of Gemini, or of Orion. Okay. So, yeah, well, the Orion can't, can't we do what politicians do and just adjust the boundaries to our advantage? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> That's opening up a can of worms, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Enough of that. What, what's, the, what's, what's the brightness and characteristics of these meteors? Well, you know what? Uh, it can be variable. Uh, normally, they're just midstream, a few bright ones, a few dim ones. Uh, during those outbursts, like I said, they produce a lot of really uh, bright ones, fireball class. Uh, but uh, I would I would bet that uh, most of them will be average, and it would be better to try to find some dark skies uh, just in case they're faint, that would improve your your chances of seeing some good activity. Okay. So if you know if you're in a suburban lo- location in your backyard, uh, the the normal rates would probably be reduced by you know fifty percent. But if you can find a spot where your your uh, zenith limiting magnitude is you know close to six or better, you'll you'll see a lot more activity. Okay. Now you said the the peak. Is on the twenty first, but it's going on now. 
it's going so, on now, so right? Around, See, the, around around the twenty first, is it a huge difference from night to night? No, no, it's not. This this particular shower has kind of a plateau like uh, peak. So the the difference between the twentieth and the twenty first, and the twenty first and twenty second may only be two or three meters per hour. Okay, so. Not a big change like it is for the Geminids or the Perseids or the Leonids. So um, if it's cloudy on the, on the max night, you know, give it a try the, the, the next night. Okay. Great. Do we have anything else on this meteor shower you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought, but uh, okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I was going to say that not every meteor you'll see when you're uh, when you stepping outside viewing on, on these nights will be geminids. There are other minor uh, showers active at this time, such as the uh, Tarids. And the characteristic uh, of the Tarids is that they're bright and slow normally. And uh, they'll be coming from the west. Actually, they'll be on near the Taurus uh, Aries border at that, at that time. Okay. So they'll be coming from the west. So if you have them be looking at that direction while viewing the Orionids, you'll may see a little battle of meteors. Some shooting from the west, and the Orionids shooting toward the east. So, uh, all right, that, that's something else. There's also another more obscure uh, shower called the Epsilon Geminids that uh, peaks anywhere from October 11th through 19th. They haven't really pinned it down yet. But uh, they have, they're very fast meteors, just like the Orionids. And uh, in fact, if you're not looking at both radiance and seeing exactly where they come from, they're really hard to uh, tell apart. Okay. Now, observing meteor showers, we've talked about the lounge chair and sitting out there and you know, making notes. But what about photographing meteor showers? Does that have any value for you? Yeah, it does. It uh, we, we can pinpoint the radiant and uh there are some folks that, that uh are getting spectrums off, off of uh, uh off of meteors too you know tell the tell the composition of these things but for for average guys like you and me uh just going out there with a digital slr and uh you know setting it up and taking maybe 30 second exposures you can you can get some some nice uh nice star trails okay. and uh, and meteors streaking through the the field of view which is which is always nice and you'd want people to send those to you yeah for sure okay we could put them on the aopo website and uh, show off some of our skills okay well i have a challenge to my listeners that i want as many of you to get out there and observe the Orionids this year. And when you do, send your report, whether it's phot photographs or go to the, the Alpo Meteor Section webpage and get their observing form and fill that form out. Just do it one or two nights. You know, spend an hour or two. You have to spend at least an hour out there to get an average. But go out there, observe the meteors, send them to Bob, and just put a note that I heard it on the podcast. That would be okay. great. <laughs> and we might have something special for you observers, okay? So so get out there. I have a challenge. You know, everybody that listens, it's a meteor shower. You don't need any telescopic equipment. Just go out there and observe the Orionids, okay? How's that sound, Bob? That sounds great. Besides, this may be the last time this year you'll get out and it won't be very cold. It'll be, that's, you know, to tolerable. That's another and, good point. 
And besides this, uh, this part of the sky is very, uh, very nice to lie under and lay back and wonder how the ancients saw a, a mm-hmm. hunter and the twins and, and a bull. <laughs> That's right. And if, and if you have young kids, take them outside and introduce them to a meteor shower. This would be a perfect opportunity to do that. Most definitely. Yeah. So you mentioned the other meteor showers. Do we have anything else this year? Or is this it? Uh Unfortunately, the maximum for the uh, southern tards and the northern tards are bothered by a bright moon uh, this year, which uh, the full moon's on Halloween, and the south tards peak just a couple days later. So the tards are pretty pretty much shot. Okay. Um, in and as the November goes on, the lineage nothing ex- exceptional is expected from them. No. And, but we got a biggie in December. Uh, we have the Gemini meteor shower, which is mm-hmm. always always good. But it's and cold. <laughs> it, yeah, it's cold unless you're in in the southern Florida or right, right. The, the tip of Texas. <laughs> there you go. But but you know what? You and I in Southern California, we're yeah. sitting here complaining about forty degree weather. This is, this is, I complain <laughs> about fifty five degree weather, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> that's why well, i have a leather jacket <laughs> yeah my, my friends from hawaii complain about 65 there you weather. there you there you go i hear you i hear you but uh the gym is going to be great this year because it occurs right at the new moon so okay fantastic expect some great activity and you and i need to get together and share our thoughts on that one too we will and hopefully we can discuss all of the all of the submissions you had from the Orionids at that at that uh, at that time as well. Most definitely, yeah, Most definitely. So basically, if someone the people that if they're first time listeners, what do you need from observers to, to report to you? The basic thing I need is the time you start and the time you stop uh, observing, and mark any breaks you, you take so that we know exactly how long you're active. And it'd also be very helpful to tell us uh, your, your sky conditions. Now, advanced meteor observers can tell you the, their limiting magnitude, which is a famous star you can see in your field of view. Uh, that's a little difficult to, to do, but if you could just uh, estimate to the nearest half magnitude, uh, that would be great. Your average sky in suburbia is probably 5.0. Mm-hmm. And if you live in a rural setting, it might be 6. And the best sightings in their observatories are probably 7.0. So give me some idea of how your sky conditions is. Tell me if you have any hills or trees blocking your view or if you had clouds passing by. Uh, let me know what percentage of the sky that was blocked. Okay. Because all of this factor in on determining how strong the actual shower was. Because if you had if you had a bad sky with clouds or, or low mm-hmm. LM, then you you actually missed a lot of meteors. So I'd have to, have to uh, compensate uh, for what you missed. Okay. There are some people that observe in uh, superb conditions. I I have to actually minus. <laughs> oh, really? See. Yeah, there's some people, you know, observe on mountaintops and they're, they're blending magnitude 7.0, and the, the standard is 6.5. So, actually, yeah, we have to uh, minus uh, some of their counts. Interesting. Yeah, there's a formula for that. But uh, that, and please uh, 
differentiate between Orionids, which all shoot back to the to near the club of Orion, okay. versus versus other meteors. Uh, you don't have to know exactly where the Southern Tarids are, or the Eta, the, the, the Epsilon Geminids, but uh, if a meteor comes from an opposite direction or is slow, then you know it, it it's not a not an Orionid. So if you can at least separate the Orionids from the non-Orionids, that that would be great. Okay, that's good 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 point. Good point. All right, uh, so. How can everybody get in, in contact with you to send okay, your the best the best uh, best way is via email. Okay, and that's lunro dot imo dot usa at cox dot net, or you can go to the ALPO website and look under the meteors section. Okay, and uh, get a hold of me there. There will be an article on the Orionids very shortly. Um, writing it up as we speak. Okay. I'm trying to look for some nice illustrations to toss in there okay. to make it make it look good. But that will be it by the end of the week. So, all right. Are there books on observing meteor showers that you could recommend? Yeah, actually, I have one. <laughs> I, I, that, was, that was my leading question here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's by Springer, and I've actually found it in local bookshops, much to my surprise. Okay, uh, is it available on Amazon? Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's the name of the book? It's called Observing Meteor, or Meteors and How to Observe Them. Oh, that's a good title. Uh, the original is heck, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's by Springer. Okay. And it's one of the series that many of our Alpo coordinators have uh, have put out and um, has some has lots of lots of good pictures and lots of good diagrams of where these radiants are. So uh it's roughly $20, and I think it's money uh, well spent. Okay. Well, maybe if you get a lot of submissions for the Meteor Shower Orionids, we can put all the names in the hat. We could draw out a winner, and maybe they can get an autographed copy. Yeah, we can We can do that. We can do that? All right. So there's some incentive, folks. Get out there and observe the, the Orionids and help us out, too, with uh, more observations for the Meteor section for the Oppo. Great. And- we will be back for the Geminids in we'll early December. You. We'll talk to you in December. All right, hey. bud. Take care. My pleasure. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I want again, I want to thank Bob Lensford for coming out and talking about the Orionid meteor shower. Get out there and observe and send your reports to Bob. Uh, we'll have something very nice for you if you do. We upload a new episode of Observer's, Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. That's really important. Just click on the little five-star review and write you know, a 15... 15- 20-word report on how you like the podcast. It, it means a lot to me, and it brings more people to the podcast. You can, um, if, I really appreciate it. You can also listen to us on Apple Radio, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and Amazon Echo. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give up to $35 a month where you will receive one year's membership to the Alpo and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I really want to thank the continuing producers of this podcast, Steve Seedentop and Michael Moore, for their generous support of the Observer's Notebook. Thank you very much, gentlemen. The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the Alpo, is in the show notes. 
If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at at observersnbpod. And until next time, I hope so you always have clear and steady skies. Thank you for listening and stay healthy, my friends.